thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Uh, still in that series, Living by Divine Design, we're in. we got to identify your life's mission, okay, your mission field. What is my mission field, okay? You say, well, I don't even have a mission field. I'm not a missionary. I didn't feel God's call the mission field. Uh, that's not my deal, okay? Well, here, let me help you with something. You're wrong. You, you have a mission field, okay? You're a missionary for the king, whether you, whether you know it or not. You may not be overseas or some country doing it full-time, but you have a mission field. You have a mission field. Now, Psalm 139 says that you were knit together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and all the days of your life have been ordained. Okay? Now, here's the deal. You may not understand or have any clue or be thrilled to death that you are in Bushland, America, but you're here. Okay? So if you're in Bushland, America, or you live in Amarillo, and you, can't have, you don't have any idea why God brought you to the panhandle and all this other stuff, and you've been griping ever since you got here, you can't figure out why you're here, you're just doing time, I'm trying to be good in prison so I can get moved on to the promised land, all right? Can I tell you something? You may be here for life, okay? I'm just going to tell you. Uh, we've been here 12 and a half years. Our family thought that, 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 that they were, we were coming home as soon as we left, but we don't come home, and we don't even really like going back to that humidity, okay? Great rain, but we don't like humidity, okay? But we don't, we're not coming back. We, God's put us out here. But here's the deal. Whether you understand why you're here, figured out why you're here, know why you're here, or can't get over the fact that you're in the panhandle, understand something. All the days of your life have been ordained. Period. You say, well, work brought me out here. Well, <laughs> yeah, whatever. God brought you out here. Okay? You need to get over work bringing you out here because you're making God too tiny. Okay? Your God is not that small. Okay? I mean, I know you got a cute little bookshelf with God box up there, and you got him in there, but you need to get him out. Because if you say, oh, I'm just out here because this is where my work took me. No. No. Well, we picked Bushing because we like the schools and we wanted to be in the country and, and we just like it. Okay, that's all good. But I'm going to tell you, who got you out here? God did. Why do you have the house you got? Because you picked it? Well, we, we picked it. We picked it. My wife picked it. That's how you honestly should say it. Okay? <laughs> My wife picked it. Okay? I, she picked it. I write the check. That's how she works. All right? So here's the deal. Th that, that's not it either. God has ordained your days or he's not God. Now, I'm just telling you. You say, well, I'm not into my neighbors. Well, you're not supposed to be into them because you didn't create them. God created them, planted you beside them. That's your mission field. Get over it. Quit whining. Quit grappling, and get That's your mission field. Well, you don't understand. My mission field is a mess. Mm -hmm. You need to look in the mirror because we're all messes. All right? We're all messes. You didn't pick the neighborhood, God picked it. You didn't pick the house, God picked it. You're not out here because of work, God put you out here, okay? You're in that class tomorrow, you're going to walk in and go, I did not want that teacher. I did not want that teacher. I prayed, 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 God. Why didn't you listen to me? I didn't want that teacher. I know you didn't want that teacher. That teacher wanted you, all right? That teacher wanted you, and God wanted you to have that teacher, okay? You don't like your class. Assign seats. You don't like who you're sitting by, so you're going to soak and pout till turkey day. All right? You're missing your mission field. I'm sorry. The high school students are going to pull up. They're going to park by people. All right? Why did I park by these people? Open parking spot. Mm, that's a tiny God. 
That's a tiny God. you got to understand that everything in your life is just a big God setup. And until you get that, you're just going to punch air. You're just going to punch air. I mean, absolutely punch air. Okay? Understand something. God has either ordained your days or he's not God. You say, well, I'm all about the good days. Well, I bet you are because I am too. But you know them sorry days? He ordained them too. He did. You say, well, I got sorry days because of people and what they do to me. I understand that. Some of the places we find ourselves in life is not because of our choice. It's other people's choices. But that does not subtract God. That doesn't subtract God. Okay? In my 18 years of student ministry, I'm going to tell you, I had as many kids that came from bad homes that were absolutely Jesus freaks and incredible kids for the Lord as I had come from other homes. Let me tell you, man, God could hit a home run with a crooked stick, and he can do a great work. I want you to go to Acts. This is going to be real fast, real simple, real practical today. Go to Acts chapter 20. This is Paul right here, and this is a great, great, great little passage, and I want you to get all of it. Acts 20, let's go to 24. No, 22. Acts 20, 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. Woohoo! All right. 24. However, mm, love that however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I might finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task to testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Mm-mm. That will give your Rice Krispies some pop right there. Folks, I'm te- look what Paul said. I, I, I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I know that by being here, I expect hardship. I mean, they could throw me in prison. But that does not change the fact, however, that I am called to testify. Mm, To testify. What are you supposed to testify? Of God's grace and His gospel. Come on, church. That's us. That is us. That's me and you. You say, well, man, this is my job. I'll get in trouble for testifying. Mm -mm. No, you won't. No, you won't. You say, well, if I bring out a Bible and open it up and start quoting scriptures, I'm going to get in trouble. But don't bring bring out the other Bible. I don't have another Bible. Yeah, you do. Well, this is the only Bible I got, preacher. No, it's not. What's your first name? My name is Jeff. Then bring Jeff Bible out. Right here. You got to tell your story of God's grace and His gospel. Well, you were once blind, but now you see. You once had no hope, but now you got hope. You once had no purpose, but now you have purpose. Yet you were sinners, but Christ died 
for me. For God so loved the world, mm-mm. for God so loved Jeff and whoever you're talking to, you personalize and you say, for God so loved you. That's the story that you can tell all day long. All day long. Let's look real quick at the three things. Identifying my mission field. Number one, it's where I've been. Mm. You say, well, why'd you put that on there? Because I want you to understand that there was a long time in my life, and probably in your life, that I never got it. Never got it, man. I finally got it when I was on a college campus. That's when I finally got it. I didn't get it in high school. I missed opportunities in high school. And I missed them for a little while in college. You see, I had my hopes and dreams and my desire and my, my God-shaped life cut out. I knew where I was going to go to college. I told God where I was going to go to college. I told other colleges no. And, woo, that didn't work out. Because that other college that I told God I was going to pick a different person to pitch, and they didn't pick me. And on June 6th, I laid in bed going, hmm, I think everybody else is probably out of college. And then a phone rang. And then I came to a phone. And then I had a coach that I'd met one time say, I got something on my desk for you. And I said, okay. And he told me what it was. And the next evening, he and my parents and myself had dinner at a table. And I signed my name to a piece of paper. They took a picture and they put it in the paper like it was a big deal. Couldn't figure that out. And then about two months later, I drove to that university and I enrolled there. And I started going to school. And I had roommates I didn't know. I had sweet mates I didn't know. And I was around people I didn't know. And all of it was a setup by God. And I didn't know it. And lo and behold, about my sophomore year, my parents divorced, and everything that I counted as, as solid ground in my life began to shake. Because I had a lot of confidence in my family, but my parents divorced. And I'm like, wow. And then my junior year, I developed arm trouble. And they took baseball from me. God said, nope, no more. We're not doing that anymore. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. I went to the coach, told him the situation. He got out of his chair, 6'8", knelt down over me, put his hand on my head, and prayed over my life. And he said, may you give him the favor of both God and man from this day forward. And I stood up, and I turned, and I'm walking out the door, and I got puppy dog tears rolling down my face. Because you know what I'm thinking? I am so glad I didn't pick all this, and I'm so glad, God, you did. And from that point on, man, I took off in ministry. God put me in different churches, brought Melissa's family to a church that I was serving on staff. They never told me they had this real hot, good-looking college girl. <laughs> never! Because I'm just telling you, man, if I'm a dad and I got a daughter that looks like her, I'm telling a lot of people. And so I'm over their house one day eating lunch after church. And this, I, I see her in a family picture. But I, but I, I don't know whether to say, I, I, I see your hot, good-looking daughter in your family picture. <laughs> because what if something happened to her and she died? And then that really messes up roast. And so I don't know how to present this, but I'm like dying over here. 
You know, I'm like, okay, I got the daughter that's in my youth group, but she's in the seventh grade. I get arrested for dating her. So where's the other one that I won't get arrested for? Okay. And so in comes, there's no knock on the door, just the front door opens. And in comes the girl in the picture with this guy, having to be her fiance at the time, and introduces them to me. And so I go, woo, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Pumped. Oh, just got shot down because I was hoping that's got to be the brother, but I knew I didn't see brother in the picture, but I was just dreaming, you know, and so got shot down, all right, but that guy, bless his heart, (laughs) he dumped her during finals week, and she's so mad, she threw the ring at him, and I'm like, honey, we could have cast that in, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) Lauren, She's like, I didn't know this was going to go on. But, but here's the deal. God set it all up because God got me to ETBU. God got me where I needed to be with that coach. God had a bigger call in my life than I could ever think. God got me in Gladewater, Texas, after I was at a little country church called Orr City, Texas, north of Longview. I was in Gladewater. I was doing my thing, single guy, 27, telling God, Woo, I, I make a great husband. Send me a wife. He says, oh, dude, we got lots of work to do. You be quiet and let me work. And so he put me out in the country, out in this field. I had a bunch of cows around me. They ain't nobody to talk to but take walks and talk to cows. And so... Uh, God was shaping me. He was molding me, man. And he brought her in my life at just the exact right time. And because he had me where I needed to be, I didn't fumble the gift I was given. And then God began to open up some great churches for us. And God took a little boy. Mm, This messes me up every time I try to say this. Man, God took a boy that didn't like school didn't like it at all, that, that, that struggled speaking, struggled spelling, struggled in English, went to the second grade twice, was in a reading lab, not even with my class, chasing this little ball, bouncing this word with this lady that I thought was Moses' wife. <laughs> and every time I said the word wrong, she said, Jeffrey, that's not how you say it. I'm like, I'm going to tell you what I'm about to say. <laughs> But I was in the second grade, so I couldn't do anything then. She was safe. But, but I had to keep saying that word and, and all this other stuff. And I didn't know what to do. Got in the fifth grade, got called on, on, in, in a class to read out loud in a history book. Started reading all my buddies around me. I started stuttering. They started laughing. I didn't know what to do with my anger. I didn't know what to do. I just started hitting all of them. Boom, boom, boom. Ended up in the principal office getting licks. I mean, that's, and he took that boy and now he said to me, hey, guess what you're going to do? You're going you're to minister. You're going to speak in front of people all the time. I'm like, you, you, that's crazy, man. That's just crazy, God. But I'm going to tell you something. It's where you've been. You don't know. You say, I don't even know why I ended up here after college. I don't even know why I was in that college. I don't even know why I was in that class in elementary. I don't know why I was in that class in junior high. I don't know why I was in that class in high school. I don't know any of this. Good, because that would make you God. You're not supposed to know. But every bit of it, my friends, is about you. So it's where you've been. Look back at your life. Look back. Look back and trace his hand. Look back right now. Just trace it. Just go, man, that was, that was pretty incredible. I don't know why you put us here for that season, but gosh, man, some of our best friends came out of that season. Some of the greatest things in our marriage came out of that season. And the greatest stuff in my life happened in that season. Every one of you I'm looking at has got the same story. 
You just got to trace it. You got to look back. It's where you've been. It's where you're at. It's where you're at, man. Look around you. How many of you 10 years from 10 years ago, five years ago, said, I'm going to be in Bushland, Texas, and I'm going to join First Baptist Church in Bushland? Paxton would have never said amen to that. All right? He, he, he's still trying to figure out why he's back at a Baptist church, but he's having a time of his life, and he's not leaving, so don't worry. All right? But, see, that got amen. But here's the deal. It's where you're at. God put you here. God's put you here. You, you're in an incredible place in, 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 a, in, a, in a little bedroom community west of Amarillo, you've got, you've got sweet, sweet, sweet place. Whether you've come out of Amarillo, whether you're in Busham, whether you're north of Busham, whether you're in Vega, well, the rate doesn't matter where you're at. God's got you right where you're supposed to be. Right where you're supposed to be. Here's the deal. Are you cashing in on it? Are you? I said, give me 12. Give me 12. I mean, what, what are you afraid of? You say, well, I've been coming to worship for three years. I love to worship, but I don't know about these small group things. Just give me 12. Just sneak in there and see what God does. I've heard about men's group. I heard about women's group. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Just go in there. Just, just jump in, man. Jump in. It's where you're at. It's your mission field. Now, right now you're thinking school, and, and work and all this other stuff. Yes, it is. It's all a mission field for you. It's all a mission field, man. It's all a mission field. It's where you're at today. What are you doing where you're at today? What are you doing? All these people that you bump into, all these people that are around you, all the people you sit with in class and, and, and all your classmates, your teammates, Whatever you do life, all these people that are always around you, that is absolutely 110% a mission field for you. They're there for you, and you're there for them. They're going to they're gonna bless your life, and you're going to bless theirs. You, you, you're never anywhere in life by accident. You say, oh, trust me, I've been in some restaurants, and I thought, ooh, I don't want to be in here, Okay. You should have seen the waiter I got. Mm-hmm. You don't know what he left at home to get to work at 11.30. So you might want to figure out what he's going through, not what you need to get back to work at 1. Because you're go- you being back to work late might benefit him for eternity. So open your eyes to something bigger than yourself and quit worrying about how your steak was cooked and what his life looks like. Because, my friend, let me tell you something. There's nobody that your path crossed during a day that wasn't ordained by God. Quit scheduling every minute of your life and utilizing people that are around you as chess pieces on a table supposed to make your life better. My prayer for a lot of people is that things they want to work don't work because it's the only way you'll slow down and look around you and see that it's so much bigger than little things that we put so much emphasis on. It's not stuff. It's people. It's not created things. It's the creator, my friend. We've got to open our eyes to what we're in, to what we see. Man, we're passing through. We say it all the time, but how are you passing through? 
Oh, I know it's about making money and getting great bonuses and job offers and stuff like that. But here's what we say as believers. We can't take it with us. Okay, so why is there so much emphasis on it? Why is it absolutely ruling everything you do in life, but you know, but you sit around in church and give church answers like, well, you know, we can't take it with us. Okay, we can't take it with us. But why in the world are you so freaked out 24-7 about it? Your, your mouth and your feet are not saying the same things. We've got to understand that we are on a mission field right now. You're on a mission field, man. A mission field. Last thing is this. It's where I'm about to be. <laughs> it's not just where I'm at, but it's where I'm about to be. You say, well, I'm about to be home eating roast. Okay. That's a mission field. Home is a mission field. Home's a mission field. Well, I'm about to be at a restaurant eating. Mission field. Well, I got a meeting at two. Mission field. I got laundry to do. Mission field. <laughs> I know they're not going to get saved, but it's a mission field. Your attitude out of the laundry room impacts everybody at the mission field at home, okay? So be careful how you come out of the mission field laundry room, okay? All right? It's a mission field everywhere. Tomorrow morning, you're going to walk in to a classroom that's a mission field. Greatest mission field ever ordained by God is a school. Public school, private school, college, university, doesn't matter to me. Greatest mission field ever, 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 ever. You say, well, we can't take our Bibles in the, whatever. We can't do that. I don't want to hear it. You can be absolutely Jesus, Jesus, Jesus on campus. Coaches, I'm telling you, the greatest impact in my life has been coaches from the day one. And every one of those coaches that made impacts in my life, we're talking about Jesus 24-7. All the time. All the time. The two guys that impacted my life in high school, one still in ministry, okay, as a coach was my worship leader at the church that Melissa and I served at when I was a youth pastor. I had his kids in my youth group. He, he put fingerprints on me in high school, and now I'm putting fingerprints on his kids on the same church staff. That's God. And we hadn't seen each other for 10 years before that. Didn't even know where he was. Show up at a, at a staff meeting. I meet the staff as a youth guy, and that sucker and his slicked head sitting right there looking at me going, <laughs> you're going to come here as a youth guy and the worship pastor. What in the world? Yep. And then he went and coached football at the university that I graduated from. That's crazy. All right? And his son lives in Minnesota where my brother lives. That's a bunch of crazy stuff right there. All right? Hey, it's all a mission field, Okay. You, you got a mission field waiting on you. Got a mission field waiting on you. I want you to go to Psalm 40, and then we're going to get out of here. Go to Psalm 40. He said, what, 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 what do I do at this mission field? What, what am I supposed to do at this mission field? I'm just, if I just walk in there and start saying stuff about Jesus, they're going to think I'm a weird person. What am I supposed to do at this mission field? Here's Psalm 40. It'll give you the written instructions of what to do on the mission field. This is your story, Okay. Psalm 40, verse 1, you've heard it before. I wear this out. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. 
This was before you got saved, brother. All right? And then he saved you. He lifted me out of the slippery pit, mm -hmm, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock. Go ahead and name your rock in your Bible. Jesus. Go ahead and name your rock. Jesus. That's what he set you on. That's what you're sitting on right now as a born-again child of the king. All right? You're sitting on a rock. All right? And he gave me a firm place to stand every day, my friends, every day. And here's what you do, knowing your mission field. He put a new song in my mouth. Mm, I'm telling you. Put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Here's what happens when you say it. And here's what happens when you sing it. Many will see. What are they going to see? You. They're going to see you, and they're going to fear and put their trust in the Lord. If you understand that you have been saved and born again, and he sets your feet on a rock, and the rock stands Jesus, and it's a firm place to stand. And everywhere I go is a mission field. And what I'm supposed to do in that mission field every single day of my life, it's not about me. It's about the king. I open my mouth. I sing my song. I tell people about Jesus, and I watch what God does in their lives. I'm telling you, they're going to put their trust in the Lord. You know why they're going to put their trust in the Lord? Because you put your trust in the Lord. That's why. They're as scared as you are. Let me tell you, man, this world is scared to death. This world walks in fear. This world does not have a firm place to stand. And many people in this world do not have a rock named Jesus that's under them. They're surviving. They're surviving. It's where you've been. It's where you're at. And it's where you're going to be. You're going to see some signs when you drive out of here. When you drove in, it said, Welcome to First Baptist Bushland. On the way out, it's going to say you are now entering your mission field. You are now entering your mission field. I want you that engraved in your head for the rest of eternity. That we as a church can't be so caught up at being a church in here, but we're the church out there. We've got to go be the church, my friend. We've got to go be the church. You got a mission field, the harvest, white to harvest out there, buddy. And I'm telling you, there's a ton of people out there that need to know the hope that lives inside of you. And we got to start singing that song on the mission field God's ordained for us. Quit fighting everything. Quit fighting everything. Quit thinking that everything is just against you and you got such a terrible life and it's bad and all this other stuff. No, you're here for a purpose bigger than yourself. His name is Jesus. Start singing his song. And when you sing it, I'm telling you, it's going to change everything. You're now entering your mission field. Tomorrow morning, school starts. Okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> that has nothing to do with your pastor. But school starts. Here's the deal. It was your mission field last year, too. And you maybe say, I didn't do very good, man. I didn't do very good. I didn't see it for that. Well, today, I pray you see it for that. It's a mission field, man. Tomorrow you'll go to work. Okay? You say, well, last week I didn't see it good. You'll see it good now. Ask God to help you see what he wants you to see. And ask God to help you sing the song that's in you. And let you tell people about when you were in the muddy pit. When you're on the slippery slope and when he picked you up out of that mud and that mire and he put you on that firm rock 
and he gave you a good place to stand. You tell your story, man. You tell your story. It's the second greatest story ever told. Jesus is the first. He doesn't share that spot, but yours is second. Okay? Tell your story. Let's pray together. Fathers, we enter this time of invitation. Father, help us as a church see that we're on a mission field. It's where we were. It's where we're at now. It's where we're about to be. God, take, a, take us and, and, and show us what you want us to see on those mission fields. Open our mouths to share. Help us to see what you're seeing as all those movable parts are all around us, sometimes crazy moving around. Help us to see it the way you want us to see it. Father, in the midst of some of the things that life puts us in, we don't understand it, we don't get it, we want to fight back at it. We want to f- let it frustrate us sometimes and aggravate us sometimes. But God, and some, most of the time in all of that, it doesn't change if we react that way anyway. Help us to look around in the midst of that. See if we can't speak a little life into somebody. If you want to show us something about ourselves, about you, about others. God, open our eyes to this big picture called life that we're passing through, and we're here only to magnify the King. So God, today, on the eve of a lot of new things starting, like school and everything else, Father, remind us that we're on a mission field, man, at work, at home, and at school. And may we represent you. Father, this morning, during the invitation time, we will stand and we will sing. God, I pray we do more than that. I pray, Father, we say yes to you. Whether we are family here looking for a church home, but we say yes to you. Whether we're here today and we said, I've never met the King. I've never met Jesus. I came in blind, but you're beginning to open my eyes to who you are, Lord. I want to meet you today. I want you to change me. Father, whatever it is, the invitation is your invitation to us to respond to you. So, God, may we not miss you today. Not miss you today. God, be honored as we stand. May we be obedient to you. In Christ's name, amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. You do what God leads you to do this morning.